Albion have had a serious bout of travel sickness on the road, losing five away games on the bounce. It's eased slightly with a draw at Cardiff, but the full cure remains to be found. We'll discuss Albion's trip to Wales and much more on this week's Baggies broadcast. Hello and welcome to the Baggies Broadcast. I'm Johnny Drury alongside Lewis Cox from a travel lodge just off the M4 near Cardiff. A few hours after Albion's draw uh, with the Bluebirds. Coxie, you've got a full belly of McDonald's. It's 25 to 1 on a Thursday morning. I'm sure you're raring to go for a 45 minutes of Albion chat. Three words, Johnny. Living the dream. Living the dream, yes. <laughs> um, don't see this side of... Don't, don't see this side, rock and roll side of sports journalism, do you? It, it, it would have been, you know, a better dream had Albion won. You know, well, well last night now, isn't it? Um, this is the second time we've done one of these at this this hour this season, isn't it, Johnny? Um, yeah, I mean, oh, I'll set it on the video with you immediately after the game, mate. Uh, yes, stop the rot in terms of away defeats, but it feels like a defeat tonight. Which it, we're at that stage of the season, aren't we? And Albion are in the position they're in where they need to win games, and they certainly need to start winning games away. And draw just isn't enough and it's even more infuriating because they're obviously winning for for large parts at the Cardiff City Stadium so yeah really frustrating one and as you touched on you know two and a half weeks to stew on it now yeah it's going to be a it's going to be a long two weeks with uh, with no games we'll, we'll chew over Cardiff it's fresh in the memory so we'll talk about that tonight some big talking points um, some you'll be able to sort of pick out before we even mentioned them. We'll bring you a little bit of reaction from Carlos Corbran. Uh, Lewis spoke to him after um, the game yesterday at the Cardiff City Stadium. We'll talk about action for Albion, react to the big protest on Saturday. We'll bring you some, also some reaction. Lewis also caught up with Ali Jones and Paul Faulkner from Action for Albion. Um, so we'll bring you a snippet of that interview. We'll take some of your questions and we'll just discuss Albion going into the break. Um, Lewis, you said there, you know, we discussed the game briefly on the video not long ago. Um, overall display did you expect a bit more from Albion tonight you know even despite on the back of <coughs> five defeats on the road you know still the home form still there did you expect them to be more you know, I think they controlled it for large parts did you expect Albion to be a bit more dominant tonight against a side like Cardiff I thought they were the better team in, in the first half and even when the goal arrived from Darryl Deacon on 17 minutes I thought they deserved the lead for, for a good positive start um much of a muchness following the goal until half-time, I think. But I don't think Cardiff really stretched or troubled Albion. I mean, yes, there can be a case, and, and this was touched on in the post-match, what we've written since, that, you know, and, and this is a thing I think supporters are picking up on quite a bit, just getting that one-goal lead and then, you know, not doing enough to, to push on from there, to look for a second and score another one and put it to bed. Um, and I, I don't think that's through design. I, I it just... It seems to be happening at the moment uh, more often than not, which is not ideal, is it? I mean, Borough at home a couple of weeks back was an exception, wasn't it, when they got the two early goals. Um, second half, again, I think you touched on it after when we did the video after the game, John. I think started it reasonably well and Wallace had uh, quite a clear chance, didn't he, when his shot was parried away from inside the box. And uh, But then sort of... Is it too strong to say the game swung? I'm not sure, but DK's um, withdrawal... Um, sub, you know, substituted off for, for Adam Reach, which was you know, highly surprising at the time, wasn't it? it? It's been explained since, which which is fair enough. Um, the sort of tone and momentum, maybe, of the game changed there, and you know, what, less than ten minutes later, um, the hosts head in 
their their half-time substitute climbs and, and heads home and listen that forced Corbyn's hand he had to make a couple of attacking changes he previously didn't think he could bring Thomas Asante on as we'll get into um, they came on and, and Albion had a decent last 20 I think they you know Carlos Corbyn actually told me he thinks if, if the game went on for another 5 or 10 minutes Albion would, were doing so much he thought they would have would have won it you know they, were, they had a good final 15 or 20 minutes albeit only made one clear chance um, overall I'd Albion probably edged the game, but 1-1, can you complain too much? Is it a, a fair result? Yeah, so I don't think we can be, I don't think we can be pleased with the performance thing. So satisfied at best, maybe. Um, better than they've played in some away games within this this losing run. And, and um, you know, they've, they've had better spells in some of these games. So middling, and, and that's maybe why they've ended up with just a point at a poor Cardiff side. And, Go back to what I said. It's just, it's just not enough, is it, at the minute for what they need with the, with the mountain they've got on. You know, it, just winning these home games isn't enough. You know, yes, have stopped the rot, but you need to be picking up three points on the road. And rivals are winning, aren't they? Not all of them, but some of them. And it's, it was enough to, to increase the gap to six tonight. And no doubt that gap will increase further on Saturday when Albion don't play. So, yeah, damaging night again potentially. Yeah, damaging indeed. Um, you mentioned there the big talking point of the night was obviously Dal DK coming off. He got the goal. It was a fantastic finish. Um, it looked like he was running on empty. Carlos Corbran brought him off, but <coughs> fans were questioning whether it was a you know an injury because um, it was Adam Reach who came on and not Brandon Thomas Asante, which Carlos Corbran subsequently explained after the game. You've probably seen some of the words written on the Express and Star website, but here's a little snippet from what Carlos told Lewis uh, a few hours ago. Him fatigue, just fatigue for me in some point of the game. I was watching him struggle to, to keep the ball or to compete or to even to press. And at the same time, we didn't want it to push too much Asante because we have some advice from the medical perspective that don't allow us to, to give more minutes. And in this moment, I was thinking that with the energy of reach in the middle with Swift and Wallace as strikers, we could manage better some minutes. But it's true that at the end, I have the feeling that if we will have played like in the last 12 or 15 minutes of the game, 10 minutes more, would have been maybe enough to, to achieve something else. Is it a case that you would do that again if you had the chance, or was, did, did you think DK was, you know, he was really at a point where you had to take a lot to protect his, his No, no, I, I evaluate more the, the performance of the players at the moment. I think that I have the feeling that Garner and Furlong were helping the team a lot in the minute that they were playing. So for me, these two players were a positive, they were doing a positive impact from the bench. And Asante and Roy too, and Rich too. So I was watching that the five soups were helping the team. And in some point, especially the last two, I have the feeling with myself that we could have done before. That was his explanation, Lewis, a case of Brandon Thomas Asante. He was advised not to play him for a long period of time, come back from an injury. You know, what did you you make of it? You know, like, not for one second are you questioning Carlos Corbran's integrity, but judging from social media in the last couple of hours, a few fans, even despite his explanation, are not too happy. But you can see why he's, why he's done that. Obviously, yeah. when the goal went in, his hand was maybe forced. He probably bought a Santiago. Of course, it was. Because he, he knows as well as we do that um, Albin needed to win that game, yeah. uh, which is why. He, as you say, hand, hand is forced to then turn to Thomas Santé because they needed a goal. At 1-0, of course, Albin still needs to score, but they didn't have to score enough goal to win the game. You, know, you can win 1-0, can't you? Yes, 
we'd all rather win more than 1-0, but obviously at 1-1 he had to turn to it. No, he said he'd, he'd been given medical advice by obviously the physio team and the, and the medical staff that it wasn't wise to give Thomas Asante, what, thir- what would that have been, 35 minutes, best part of, plus stoppages. Um, and that's, you, know, you can see that he's missed three games with a hamstring, Thomas Asante, and he's that type of player. You don't want that to go again, do you? Yes, it's the international break, I, I understand that, but... Uh, we said again after the game, didn't we? It looked to us that DK was running on fumes. Um, cracking finish, great goal. One of the better goals he scored in the Albion shirt for me. But, but you know, Corbrand, sorry, qualified what he said, didn't he? With, you know, wasn't pressing, didn't compete well physically. And it's needed, isn't it? In that lone role, it's it's so demanding and there's so much ask from you. And, um, and, and, you know, from DK's perspective, let's remember how long he had out and let's remember he's had to play three 90s in a row. Um, with Thomas Asante injured, as I say, so it, it's been heavy on DK, hasn't it? And it's it's no surprise, you know, we're here talking about the manager saying he's got fatigue now. Yeah. It's no surprise, and again, something could he gone with someone else off the bench? You, you look at that bench tonight. Well, just Rogic, maybe you got Rogic, you got Taylor Gardner Hickman on there who came on. Obviously, Dial Furlong is a fullback, albeit you know, an attacking fullback. Look, so um, with, with with Reach, you know, some people, you, you know, yeah. some supporters of. You know, fair enough. Everyone's entitled, isn't there? Some got certain views about him as a player. Um, I, I don't think, I personally, I don't know if anyone saw this different. I don't think Reach did badly when he came on in midfield. And again, Corbyn explained that he thought another body in midfield to go from a centre mid two to a centre mid three could, you know, could help in terms of the control and in terms of, you know, he thought sort of Swift and and Wallace you know, makeshift strikers, you know, sort of unnatural, but but could work and. Yeah, hindsight's great, isn't it? A few minutes later, nine minutes later, the the hosts are level. So he he could have gone Rogic, couldn't he? That's a more you know he's a more attacking player than Reach. However, you know Tom Rogic is hardly having the best season as he hardly lit the place up and he's you know free scoring regular regular option. And of course Reach started the other day and I thought did, did okay. So you can see method behind it. You know Corbyn's explained it and he's explained his, his logic. I I don't doubt what he saw for a second because I think we saw it um, yeah it was an odd sub we thought it was an odd sub at the time didn't we reach for DK um, however we talk about fatigue with DK we talk about fatigue across the whole squad you know, physically and mentally injuries yes we know absentees they've been a lot lately they, um, they're they playing in games including last night where they're tired drained and you know some fans will rightly listen to this and, and think well you know, they're, they're just footballers who play a few yeah. games type thing. But, you know, we're at the, we're at the end, of, end of a season now and end of a demanding period and a few injured. So a lot of them have had to go and go and it catches up with you. And, you know, mentally, the mental side of it as well. I mean, we we sort of overlook maybe at times the remarkable run Corbyn's led them on to get, you know, not just clear of the relegation zone, clear of, clear of bottom spot. Um and yes, in the last what how I don't know month six six weeks it's it's tailed, hasn't it? And and chiefly because of the away form. Obviously, it's been perfect at the Hawthorns, nigh on perfect. But um, put it this way: this two and a half week international break, very needed, isn't it? I think it. I think the players as a collective look sort of exhausted. I would I would go as far as saying that. Um, uh, and uh, you know, it, it'd be interesting. I mean, Corbyn was quite insightful actually post match about the, the dressing room he was just in, what, what he left behind in that dressing room. And it took a little while for him to come speak, actually, um, post-match, you know, Sabri Lamucci and 
uh, Cardiff player Ryan Winter were out to speak in the in the in the media suite quite soon. It took Corbran a good fifteen minutes on top of that, and I, I wonder if I don't know. I I imagine there were other interview commitments. You know, probably spoke to the club. I know local radio weren't there tonight, were they? But I, I'd imagine there was a you know a good old sort of talk and debrief in the dressing room, and and he was quite passionate on that in his press conference. Said, I know the feeling that I've just felt in there with those players, and. It's low, like it's hurting big time. And again, I've got got those comments to write up over the next, uh, uh, you know, within certainly the next week and international break. But it was quite telling about just how he described that changing rooms, and and how down and low it was, as I say, and that they they don't want to feel that for these next nine games, you know. So he he, he sounded quite hopeful that yeah, tonight as a low, not a defeat, but a damaging draw can inspire at least when when Albion return and you know from April the first onwards, but. Yeah, tired and fatigue, and not just with DK, I think. And I'd, I'd, I'd to answer your question, what you, what you actually asked, Johnny. Um, Can't remember what it was. Over, over options from the bench, mate. You, yeah. you know, Thomas Sante wasn't ready. Rogic, as I say, you know, um, there's not not much else. Is there? Yeah. We've had we've had Javan Malcolm, we've had Rico Richards. So that's where the squad is. Yeah. Um, just in terms of the goal, I've just got the goal up in front of us now. and you, know, you yeah. haven't actually seen the goal back, but. Um, just who's at fault we've just seen it there so I think John Swift just chucks a leg out there they managed to get the cross yeah. in Eric Peters is jumping he's got a sort of in between a giant Peters Peters doesn't it, it I'd say Peters, Peters has probably maybe lost his man a little bit Josh Griffith's got a hand to it um, but it wasn't you know it wasn't a strong it was, it was quite a strong hand it was quite close to him it was one on all yeah. good ones from, from our view it looked way. like it might have stayed out yeah. like the first thing that, that... Who, who did do you pin that on it it's sort of a few players there almost yeah I mean look Swift could have done better with the, the sort of challenge couldn't he just watching this Thomas Sante chance here um, and reach shot yeah Swift could have done better with the challenge couldn't he and then it goes out wide sort of winger whoever it was that crossed it was, wasn't really opposed you know, had too much time didn't he and it looks like the striker is it the striker's uh, name Johnny I forgot to uh, is it Cat Caber I can't, Cab, can't yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the half time sub who, 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 who headed in the equaliser just seemed to have given um, Peters a slip, which is you, you can't, you know, not pick many faults of Eric Peters, can you, over the last few months? But yeah. you know, perhaps he's got a bit square on off. there, or, or you know, the, the striker's got a run on him. But like, Albion had three centre halves, didn't they? The one of the strikers shouldn't be getting him free. Just shouldn't. <laughs> the highlights have just uh, just gone to that Wallace chance. Well, just, on, just which... go on to that quickly. The ball here, like, I haven't watched this back yet, but. Josh Griffiths throws it out, goes to Jason, uh, I think it's Wallace Mullumby, into Asante. Asante holds the ball up. His reverse pass to Jed Wallace. If Albion fans, if you haven't seen this, watch it on the highlights. It's such an unbelievable pass. It looked quality live and it's yeah. even better on that. Yeah. We'll talk We'll talk Asante in a second. I just want to talk about um, system and, and, and any standout players because for me, mm-hmm. um, there wasn't really any massive standouts for Albion, but I thought... Um, you know, before the game, we saw the changes. Shemi Ajayi come in. We debated whether it was going to be four at the back with Dara on the right, yeah. Dara Shea on the right. But as it turned out, and fans did speculate about it, it was three at the back. Um, Shemi Ajayi, but in the games that he's played so far, for me, he's looked a little bit low on confidence after that injury. Certainly in the in the FA Cup games at Chesterfield, he looked um, a little bit nervous. He's come on in a couple of league games. I'm not going to say he was outstanding tonight, but I thought he did really, really well for Albion tonight. Yeah, all um, all considering. Johnny, as you say, I mean, I, I did the the maths, the, uh, <laughs> the the sort of basic maths uh, before the game by my low mathematical standards, and I think it was, I think it was his first league start in over seven months. 
I think that's right in saying. Going, going back from, certainly over six, going back from the end of August, that injury picked up at Wigan. Um, we were saying through the game, were we? I, I, I couldn't really remember him putting a foot wrong. Um, there was one misplaced pass late on and he lunged into a challenge he was booked for, which, which was a pretty bad one. Could have been could have been worse for him than maybe a yellow, couldn't it, on another day. But I think I think Ajay had a, a solid night and I think he can be pleased with that as a step forward. And I think Corbin will be pleased. You know, yes, the back three's let him, let him back in, but he has struggled a couple of times, hasn't he, in those cup games. I think Chesterfield and maybe Bristol City was another one, wasn't it, away. So uh, a step forward for him tonight and a, yeah, important because we don't know when the international break finishes, do we? We don't, you know, Ajay might be needed, might be a little change of shape, might think the back three sort of worked and opportunities to bring him back in. So I think, yeah, that's one sort of crumb of comfort we can be pleased with this evening, definitely. Yeah, um, just on a couple of couple of other ones. Daryl DK, four in five now. Now, even a couple of weeks ago, when he had, I think it was just prior to Middlesbrough when he scored a couple or, or, or just after that, He's getting a few. I saw someone tonight who, who pointed that another fan had described DK a few weeks ago as the uh, the American Zahore, which is probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard from an Albion um, supporter. Um, although it did come second hand, strange, isn't it? <laughs> because he's scored four in five, and yet it doesn't feel like that through the, the, the sort of atmosphere and the vibe and the and the sort of. Yeah. I don't know. You can probably it's probably a minority, and the most people do realise that he's doing a really good job, albeit yeah, you know, he's not so. yeah. performing as consistently as he probably would have liked. Um, strange. We're still learning about him, aren't we? I think I remember saying when when he was injured that we don't know what as a player Daryl DK is, and we're still learning. Um, there are games at the Hawthorns, aren't there? And we sit in and among the Albion fans at the Hawthorns, don't we? We hear hear stuff being yeah. certain things being shouted from the from the crowd and. Sometimes on his heels. Um, sometimes he works. I'd, I, some listening to this will disagree, but I, I was going to say he works hard, and I'm not. I'm not saying all the time in every game. You know, there's some games where he's, he's below the levels, like every player. But yeah, he's not. He doesn't just amble around up front as a target man. He, he, Burr is a great example where he scored the two. But in other games, he he does press and you know charge down at defenders because. He wouldn't be in a core grand side otherwise, you know, clearly, um, despite the lack of options, you would say. But different type of player to Thomas Asante, we know that. He's, he's got such a huge frame. It's not an easy frame to get around, is it? Uh, you know, 100 miles an hour like Thomas Asante is. Um, seven goals now, moved up level with Thomas Asante as sort of top scorer, top league scorer with seven. Thomas Asante's got a couple in the Cups. I, I don't think seven's a bad return from... World Cup break I mean that's when he's been fit since post World Cup got that first goal didn't he at Sunderland in the first game back and uh, it's not a terrible return by any stretch it's it's it's, it's useful and it'll you know it's got him a call back to the US squad which is obviously good good for him and it, just that he's in the goals sort of semi-regularly you'd say will, will be enough to give him some confidence and okay, I, the, the bigger problems are, are that the only competition slash backup is Brandon Thomas Asante, who's been what a, rev a revelation, by the way, you would say, from the fourth tier. Um, any other recognised strikers? I mean, Grant, yeah. but you know, Cole Grant believes he's a winger, winger so yeah. as, as most you know, as we do. So, depth again, it comes back to depth when we're talking about the fatigue and the weariness, it comes back to depth and it all comes back to recruitment, doesn't it? And, yeah, Corbyn often said what a big squad it was, how many bodies there are, but 
you, you go beyond the depth and then you go to the quality of the depth, don't you? And, and that comes back to recruitment. Yeah. And recruitment, yes, it comes back to who's bringing the players in. You know, Bruce and, you know, recruit recruitment staff, obviously, and, and stuff like that. But, yeah, it comes back to investment of funds, yeah. doesn't it? Which is a... A bit of a rabbit hole, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah something so. something we, we spoke about in the car actually on the way back through town. We're going to tackle in the next the next couple of weeks. We've got a few sort of um, weeks off now. We're out, you know, we're going to uh, haven't got games, and we're going to bring bringing you some some alternative <coughs> chat. We forgot alternative Albion tonight. We did, we did. Do you have any chance? Yeah, yeah. Right, ask me the next question. I'll rub it on, and then you can sort of. No, I have got it, but it's not an alternative album, but it's something that frustrated <coughs> me tonight at the Cardiff City Stadium. I spoke about you a number of times at the press box. You probably know what it is. But just finally, we spoke, we don't really need to cover this too much, but you said they look, I think Albion do look knackered. I think these players, I do feel, I'm not sorry, but, you know, these players have, have had to go without players who've been injured. It's a small squad area. Most of them not, flogged. Yeah, there's not a lot of versatility. Not, not versatility, sorry. The depth in that squad, mm. if you look at, you know, there wasn't mountains of signings in the summer, you know, and a couple of them, one's gone and or Martin Kelly went out on loan and, and just these players are almost running on empty. This this break, like you said, has come at a perfect time, really. Oh, yeah. In yeah. terms of what they, you know, they Physi- Physically and yeah. mentally, um, two and a half weeks, you know, they can sort of <clears throat> recuperate, recharge for the final running, nine games left, aren't there? And, Let's be fair, what is it, 8 in April? Yeah. From April the 1st till yeah. obviously got that Chef U game in there now and then the final one in May. Look, we're, we're not going to get into it, Johnny. I'm not going to I'm not going to go down that, you know, another rabbit hole reference there. But, you know, the the, the, the top six game, you know, what, what are Albion? Are they still eight tonight? The, the gap's widened to five points, as we mentioned. Um, could go up to eight points the weekend, couldn't it, with rivals playing? The rabbit hole I mentioned is yeah, the playoffs yeah, and where they are with it, where fans see it, where we think they are now. From from what I've seen online, I know you spoke with fans after the game. Most seem, you know, accepting that it's probably gone. It's probably a, too much of a mountain to climb now. It's and that's perfectly understandable. It looks like that, doesn't it? And I think well, Albion can't win games away. I think five of the nine games are away. I think we. I think I heard tonight. Like you mentioned that. I've just got the fixture. You mentioned that that April eight games. Albion start back on first of April. So you have got Saturday, Friday, Monday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. It's five Wednesday, yeah. Saturday, bank holiday. Every midweek, isn't it? Bank holiday Monday because old uh, Charlie boy's getting his crown on, yeah, yeah. on Saturday. So um, it's just a. It, it's almost. I'm going to touch on what, my, my next point at the end of the podcast, but it's. But they'll have to be ready for it. They're having this break and they'll have to go in ready for it. Now, there'll be injuries and suspensions, of course, and then the squad will get stretched again and then the depth will come up again, the depth issue. And and we'll we'll be having similar conversations. Um, Look, uh, nine games, how many would Albion have to win to finish in the top six? Seven or eight, probably. Yeah, and uh, look, if they're all at home, you know, um, I don't want to repeat this, you know, sort of topics here, but... Yeah, it would have been the perfect. I think, night, it, was five, I think it, was, it was five of the eight at home. Then you would say, yeah, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah of the nine, yeah. yeah but but yeah, in, in in South Wales, obviously last night, it, it was the perfect time to end that sort of winless away run because had the break, you, you had it under your sort of wings to go again after after the break. You had you know a nice feeling for everyone, players and fans, to stew on, to linger. 
Um, and yeah, it was a draw, but it feels like a defeat, as I say. And so, so there is that wider debate, isn't there? And we'll get into it into the in the international break. No, no Basically, doubt. Basically, there's not much room for error now. You look at that running. There's, yeah. there's hardly any room. I mean, the thing the thing is, you, you never you, in our position, you, you never say never. I mean, yeah. it's it's unlikely now. Uh, and I understand fans saying it's done. Like you know, the squad's knackered. Yeah, I don't think it's done. Um, but it's, they, they haven't got. That you know we've had these sort of mistakes and slip ups in in recent weeks certainly on the road they can't afford two feet no, they can't the, really afford hardly any. The, well, the one thing worth mentioning, Johnny, finally on this, the Hawthorns games are against rivals, aren't they? Millwall, yeah. Norwich, Sunderland. Sunderland. Yeah, lost tonight, but just they're still in the. Well, that, I mean they? that's that three. It's two certainly yeah. three. Um, you perhaps wins in those, which you'd back Albion for at home might change the picture slightly but again only if Albion win at Rotherham only if Albion win at Stoke Blackpool yeah. you know Sheffield the, the, what is that, the third last game of the season who knows Sheffield might be up by then but then they keep losing these days yeah. aren't they Sheffield so you know who knows but yeah, as you touched on bottom line Albion got to be nigh on perfect from mm-hmm. here on in and the squad needs to come back more you know, far more refreshing than yeah. they are at the moment to do that yeah Alternative argument I had a thought. Go on. Now, you know how I don't like it when players do not beat the first man from a corner. <laughs> that wasn't the case tonight. No one, Everyone did beat the first man from a corner. I know where you're going with this. But the amount of times Albion got to the byline, and I was screaming at you, wasn't I? And I was like, it was a wet surface tonight. The ball was skidding anywhere. I was just like, almost like, I was like a jumping jack on my seat. Like, just fire it across the six-yard box. It could come off someone's backside, someone's knee, someone's thigh, someone's shin, and just ricochet in. But Albion got into really good positions, certainly late on. I know Taylor Garden Hickman got there, Connor Townsend got there at one point. I think there was another player who got into a really good area. Mm. Just drive it across, just drive it across. It can happen anyway. As it happened, Albion sort of hung crosses up and yeah. the goalkeeper got them. Um, but yeah, I'm no, by no means a football expert. And no, I can was... tell professional footballers what to do, but I was just like, just fire one in. I'm the not goalkeeper going to your levels, but I found it mildly irritating. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and mildly amusing seeing me find it massively irritating. From the press bench, but yeah, there's my alternative. Good work album. off the top of your head. Then. Well, you know, that's, that's <laughs> what us, us podcasters do. You see, Coxie. Um, action for Albion. We're going to talk about now. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of time for this because, um, as Albion fans would have seen, a good few thousand Baggies fans um, gathered on the Birmingham Road down by Storage King on Saturday uh, at quarter past two um, for the game to march against owner Gouch and Lie, organised by Action for Albion, um, who are pushing to to put Albion's sort of story and the off-field financial issues um, into the spotlight. Um, Lewis, before we talk about how well it went, here's, uh, I know you caught up with Ali Jones, um, the one of the committee members for Action for Albion, along with Paul Faulkner, who's also yep. on the committee of Action for Albion. This is what they have to say to Lewis. Chaps, what a brilliant occasion that was, you know, not obviously the circumstances we all know um, we don't want, but uh, an amazing response from yourselves and Albion fans. Uh, we've blown away, we're so proud of... We've worked night and day for this, so I mean, look, don't forget when people have, uh, we, we, we're all volunteers, we've got full-time jobs as well, so I mean, we, we, Albion's so important to all of us, and we want to be the voice for the fans. We feel that the way we've structured our campaign is the right way. We're breaking boundaries that other football clubs haven't because we're thinking differently, and we're getting, we're getting more exposure in the national media because of the way we've done things, we're doing things differently, and that's all from the way that our committee work, We've got brilliant help. We've got hundreds of people that have helped us 
but um, including the football club in, in credit to the football club for li- listening to us having the olive branch out and wanting to talk to us and facilitating us today but uh, just a big shout out to everybody that's been out the committee members have worked honestly you would not believe the amount of effort that this has took so people like Paul that we didn't know none of the, which what's really important is None of the community members knew each other before all this right. started, and now we've become like lifelong friends, and we've created something that we'll never ever forget. Whatever happens, we did this for the football club we love, and that's like that's a special thing for happen for us. Yeah, a lot of. It's not about sorry, Lucy. No, it's fun, fantastic the numbers that we've got today. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're to thank everybody. Thank everybody for being peaceful as as every action for Albion protest has been so far, and long may that continue. And also like keeping the language down and everything that, that we ask people to do, and being so compliant, being mindful of the traffic. We had children there. We've had elderly people there. We spoke to some fans that are in the 70s that can hardly walk. There's a gentleman that's suffering with cancer. He's not even coming to the match. He's just coming for the protest because he believes in what we're doing and he believes and he can see what's happening with the ownership model. Just quickly, a lot of, I know how much meticulous planning, organising, going into this, and you'd have imagined and dreamed of how it would go. I mean, surely that was beyond your, you know, imagination. I'm absolutely, it's like a dream, honestly, I'm blown away. Honestly, it's just, it's huge amount. Um, Again, the the police have been, especially one guy, PC Dave Mapp, has been brilliant. Taking his time out of his own time to, he's the football liaison officer, to make sure everybody's safe. The ground safety. The ground safety, Howard from the safety group, Gary from safety, even Ian and Skidmore. To facilitate what they've done today, it just shows and how proud we are, the football club. And at the end of the day, this is all against one person, no one else at all. The football club are doing the best in a really tricky situation, and, and I'm glad and we're proud as a, as a as a committee and action for Albion that we're changing people's rhetoric about the football club board because Ron Gourlay has had some unfair criticism we believe um, and if there's only one person to blame for this and it's certainly not anybody that are here day to day so to ask as a final point i mean we spoke about this uh, a number of times but as for today and it will be heard and seen obviously widespread what what do we hope is born out of this um you know what we, we we'd just like to bear pressure down on the owner i mean further than the ownership model and firstly and foremost us the same as every other fan same as you full mentioned Ron Gourlay and, and, and Ian Skidmore and the rest of the club, football club board we'd like our money back we'd like these loans back and we think it's absolutely ridiculous all these broken promises and that will be the starting point to try and rebuild trust we, we, we don't we don't even necessarily want Mr Lloyd to leave the club we want the ownership of the club to look after the club and be uh, be working in the best interest of the club is what our first mission statement was in November and if Mr Lloyd can look himself in the mirror and say that he's doing his best for the club then uh, well. We'd severely doubt that, and so would thousands and thousands of others. And, and that's the starting point to your question, Lewis. That's, that's what we want at the moment. Uh, can I just get in that yeah. people say, what's the point in shining the light? Shining the light was the starting point that's yeah. got us here. Shining the light is still important. It's not about shining a torch. It's about showing that you are with us yeah. and against what is going on. Absolutely. It's not about a torch light. We're not stupid. It's it's it's, it's about lighting that lighting that torch up to say you're with us, same as the show of numbers yeah, today. Yeah. So we hope that that continues. We've got the banners on in 12th and 57th minutes. We want China light and we yeah. want to keep this traction going. And it's a groundswell of opinion, really. That's exactly right. So we want to we don't want to be a noisy minority. What we want to do is yeah, we yeah. show show the ownership model in China that this isn't just a few hundred people. This is the groundswell of opinion of the whole fan base. So I mean, the work that we've been doing, the communication we've had with the club now, to have exclusively revealed to us. And I'm sorry we're doing your job, but um, that the, the, the we might the, get into it soon. <laughs> that the, the 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 group that Ken's going over to China to have uh, as a special envoy, if you yeah, like, yeah. to have, and he's going to be taking all of our taking stuff with us. With him. Yeah, 
We won't say propaganda because he's not, but um, he's taken all our literature with him in all our videos of this today. We've had Sky, BBC, all the nationals here today, and obviously the most important people for us are Albion fans, is our local paper. So again, thank you very much for all the support yeah, and coverage. Very, very quickly, finally, uh, we sort of touched on it off, off mic there, but what, what will you continue doing? You know, will you have another one of these after the success? We don't know, we need, to be honest, we all need to sit down at a break. It's <laughs> yeah. quick. So, I think day jobs. Yeah, let's get back to our day jobs. Now. You've got yeah. 90 minutes for it. So, um, yeah. let, let, let's, let's, let's sit down, refocus, let's evaluate how successful it was, what we've done right, yeah. if we've done anything wrong, of course, as well, and then we reevaluate and we'll go again. But this is for the long haul, we're not yeah. here for the short haul. Coxie, just a. Uh, Kind of didn't know what we were going to expect, did we? I mean, you took a stroll down the Birmingham Road on uh, on on Saturday, and and Before if it was any if it was any, any going to be anything like the protesting after Red, and it was going to be really really well attended, we got down and sort of saw people sort of waiting in the in the petrol station, the the one that Albion fans will know on the Birmingham Road, sort of waiting to sort of join the march. As we sort of got past the petrol station, we just did chanting and banging then and banging. Then we were sort of swamped, and, weren't we? Yeah, yeah then so we had to dive for the bridge. Got on the bridge and and just thousands swarms of Albion fans. And it just kept building and building. I've seen, we had a photographer there for the Express and Star, and I've seen photog- photographs of it since. Just fantastically well attended, and the show of unity among the fan base shone yeah, through yeah. almost. As good as those pictures were, and they were cracking, it almost didn't do the numbers justice because it was a start of the march. Obviously, yeah. it gathered. Yeah, you know, that, that, that yeah. was only, what, one or two lanes of the, the one side of the, of the Bromley Road. By the time they turned on to Alfred's, it was the whole, whole road, yeah. Whole road, yeah. And the, the noise was great. The, I just, within it, and I, I stayed in until it finished and, you know, outside the stadium, I just felt the passion and the emotion and the kind of, uh, you know, up to their necks in it, you know, had enough, yeah, a, a chance to release all of this anger, frustration, pent-up, you know, stress about the whole situation, which and that's what it is, let's be fair. And, you know, hats off to everyone who turned up. You know, I, I understand supporters that, that didn't for whatever reason. It's not for everyone doing that kind of thing. Um, but credit those that did. Credit the organisers. Some effort to, to sort that out and do it all properly, which which it was. It was organised and safe. And uh, it was great to speak to the guys after, after the march before kickoff. And yeah, what a what a job they they're doing with that. And you know, those kind of. A pessimist is that the right word? You know, might say, "Well, what difference is it going to make?" or all of that stuff. But just but they can only do what well. they when, can do, when, can't they? When you hear comments like that, they're not useful and they're not, you know, they're not helping anyone. These people are giving up their time and their energy to sort not sort this mess out, but put, but rip, start this campaign and get it going. And they've done so much good work. And questions like, "What good is this going to do?" is just well, let's be fair. I mean, we, we we found out with with the minutes, didn't we? With the meeting they had that um, that Ken Juki, the uh, director of WABA Group, is is flying out there to speak with Lai. You know that that's that's good news, and you know he's taking evidence of what's going on. And we won't know if that's a direct impact of the, the no, protest, no, of but it wouldn't surprise me if it if it was. No, because and, of the noise that they've made and the questions that they've been asked. And, I, yeah, and I would say, make no mistake, that. The noise is being heard over there. That's what I would. That's what I would say. I'm not saying to a point where it's going to spark change or anything. I suppose you question at the moment whether it's been heard enough, almost, or whether it's been taken as seriously. Well, heard, as it heard enough do, to but... make a difference is the point, yeah. isn't it? But you know, that that's that's a big ask, isn't it? Yeah. That's not 
Yeah, but that's no slight on action for Albion. That's, no, 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 that's no, no, more no. on the owner of the of the football club. Yeah, um, but he certainly knows. We know that he's aware of what is going on, and it'll be interesting to see what the outcome of the the Ken that means, chat yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And I know Albert actually for Albion have requested even to speak to Lai, um as well as Ken. I'm sure they got probably more chance of speaking to to Ken or Zuki. Um, yeah. Real name is. Um, just want to give a shout out to Albion fans with a notice as well. A man with a very loud voice and a very big megaphone at the front of the Albion Action for Albion match um, goes as Dave Cheshire Baggy on uh, on Twitter I thought he was absolutely fantastic and it, just a little quite a good story we've heard all the all the chants of the Albion fans and we've got the sort of get out of our club where's the money gone um, but I think he had a someone had a sign about or said something about swearing or I think he saw it on social media don't swear it's going to be a family event and then someone started a chant of F word, gauge yeah, yeah, and lie, yeah. to which he sort of shouted them down quite quickly on the megaphone, which I thought was good. Just look Dave Cheshire Baggy up on Twitter. He's skydiving mad and he's a 747 simulator pilot. So, Dave, you sound like you've got some interesting stories. Potential Baggy's broadcast. Get him on the fan chat yeah. show, Dave. But yeah, fantastic work from all uh, action um, for Albin. And just as well, Cox, he's done in the right way almost. The, they, the way they've gone about it has been commended by people. Now we've seen protests at other clubs I think at Charlton a few years ago they chucked a load of tennis balls on the pitch at Birmingham there's been a few sort of protests that have sort of spilled over and that's you know not judging anyone from other football clubs you know they can act in the way that they want to if they feel that's what they need to do but mm -hmm. Albion Action for Albion made it very clear from the start they're not going to be sort of aggressive or disruptive or, or anything like that um, they've done it in the right way they've, they've created dialogue with the football club and it's culminated in this now, which was supported by the police. I'm sure the club were very aware of the protest. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think the club, um, I think the Action for Albion at board, I think the meeting with Gourlay was the previous, only a few days before. Or, Tuesday. I think, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's very active now. Yeah, but to take, to take as well, just quickly, to take the banners inside, you know, which obviously... Was a big know, step. Against the, you know, obviously against life heavily. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. Sort of openness, you would say, from from the club, yeah. and to organise a march of up to four thousand, and to to have open meetings with the club's sort of hierarchy powers that be over here is um, is, is a brilliant effort, isn't it? So credit to those that are doing it, as you rightly said. Yeah, no, it's fantastic, and, and keep up the good work. It'd be interesting to see what the uh, what the next step is. Uh, time for an advert. The baggage broadcast, as always, is brought to you by that man, the Ketlin Toaster Man. With all your household products, kitchen items, anything you need, he's got it down there at the Catlin Toaster Man. Coxie, we haven't spoken about air fryers for a while, and I'm a big oh. air. I had an air fryer for my birthday. Um, and I was looking through uh, what sort of products we could talk about in this uh, this advert, and I found the air fryer that I've got, so I can give this a very personal endorsement. Um, if you go to catlintoasterman.co.uk or if you go to Thorns Road in Briley Hill, you can get your hand on a Tower Vortex 9-litre jewel basket air fryer in black for only £110. And now I will give it a good... It is unbelievable. If you want a little bit extra as well, I'll give you my recipe for me, uh, my thyme roast potatoes that I've been doing in, yeah. the, in the old air fryer. Um, but yeah, get yourself down there, get your hands on one of them or any other product um, that they've got down there on Thorns Road in Briley Hill. Or if you want to go online, tap away at your keyboard from the comfort of your sofa, head to catlintoasterman.co.uk. You and my other half are the biggest endorsers of air fryers I've Mate, ever met. Changed my life. Absolutely yeah. changed my life. Absolutely. Honestly, I will massively endorse the air fryers. And if anyone there... Uh, I don't want to say tips. I'm like, everyone's, bringing out, everyone's, sure. everyone's bringing out air fryer cookbooks now. I reckon I'm, I'm not far off. I'm not far off on them. Little side hustle. 
Yeah, I don't think it. Yeah, I don't think it'll be enough to quit the day job. I'm sure uh, the kettle and toaster man will be delighted. You are uh, heavily into your air fryer. He certainly will. He certainly will. Right, time for some questions. We've got a few in, um, so we're going to go through. We we asked for some of the questions prior to, to tonight, Cardiff, and there's some on the back of it as well. So I'll start from the very start. Question from Reuben Thompson. Reuben, we read this question before, and I don't think we'll give you an answer tonight, but we will certainly dig into it. Um, have you guys got any news on the FIFA investigation of the sale of Mateus Pereira reported by the Times? It's gone completely dead, but must have reached a conclusion. Basically, we haven't asked the questions yet, but we were gonna we're gonna look into this. Um, Albion fans would know this was a story that came out just after Matthias Pereira was sold. Um, some allegations made in the Times mm-hmm. um, about the, over that sale. Um, but we'll try and come back to you with an answer on that very, very soon. Yeah, I mean, thank you for flagging. Yeah, it's um, so, something of a cold case, isn't it? Even though it's only a couple of years old, but you know, a, a very interesting one. I, obviously, I wasn't covering the club back then, but I, some one I recall. Um, and yeah, it's just... It, Something you know we we can I suppose during, certainly during this down international time hopefully look into and and you know ask one or two questions of so maybe watch this space yeah um, thanks for your question Ruben and I love has got in touch with a question I hope we do go up through the playoffs this season but if we don't what do you think our absent our absent owner will provide for new players <laughs> not a lot Alan to be perfectly honest what, what will the investment from yeah. the, uh, the 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 equity level provide yeah. maybe yeah um, I mean yeah. That, you're going to be looking on freeze and loans and scraps probably yeah I mean look, I, I don't envisage it, this isn't Schumann Albion don't go uh, I don't envisage a summer where there's not a single player ball I, I think after shop smart and look at low on contracts and low asking prices and things like that but I think yeah, it, it's sort of widely suggested and we've said this before that there's next season to go at yeah. like, obviously we realise the parachute situation but you know, there is next season. Um, yes, they're going to be hit by the loss of parachute payments, but but obviously the the loan, um, the twenty million loan, which not I know we've been told isn't isn't for players, and that's the case. But look, it's all it's all going to help, and um, and I don't see I don't see a world where Carlos Corbran was coming, well, not halfway through the season, but into yeah. this season, with Albion twenty third, knowing that he'd have nothing to go with next season. So yeah. Um, like you say, Johnny, from from the owner, little, but hopefully there's there's, yeah, I'm sure there's bits knocking around that Corbyn will be able to work with. Yeah, just we got two or three questions here that we can sort of all tie in together. They all sort of roll into one. Luke Cartmel's got in touch with a very good question. Thanks for your question, Luke. Um, do you think if Corbyn was here from the start of the season, would any of our players that went out on loan would have potentially stayed? Thinking Mowat, Taylor, Kipper. I'm going to ask you a subsequent question on the back of that in a second, but. <coughs> What do you think? Yeah, that's a great question, that. Um, interestingly, a bit, bit of a slight side point, but I won't go into it because I haven't been able to report it yet. Pre, Pre-Cardiff, I did ask Corbran about Kipre. Um, obviously, he couldn't play, could he? Because he was uh, ineligible for his for his loan terms. And he, he was quite glowing, the head coach. You know, spoke, spoke very highly of him. And like, everyone knows about Caleb Taylor and the, the breakthrough season he's had, um, don't we? However, he's young and he needed it. The season-long loan of, of senior football than he has, has experienced. Moa, it's, it's a little difficult for me to say. Obviously, this being my first season, not seeing them previously, but I think with Kipra, there's um, yeah, just in terms of the way Corbin spoke yeah. about it. Uh, you know, he's been heavily involved with Cardiff this season, and yes, look, Cardiff have had a had a bad season. We all know this, but in terms of bodies at the back, um, been been slight at times, haven't they? Look, we've had uh, yeah, he's done very well, but we've had Eric Peters as centre half for a lot of the season, and. 
couldn't have done much better, could he, Peters? But it's a sign of how light Albin have been. So I think he perhaps so. I think he would have kept Mowat, but Mowat went out to fund other players coming in, so it's very difficult. But in an ideal world, I think he probably would have kept him, but I think his game time would have been similar to that of Tom Rogic. A little bit more of a luxury type of player. He's got the two in the middle with Mullumby and Yukushlu and Chalaba come in there and even Gardner Heckman as well. But just on that, Coxie, if Albion don't go up, for me, all three, well, Taylor certainly because he's a young prodigy, but the other two will return in the summer and I think they'll probably be part of the set. Yeah, so, um, given the fact that Albion won't have a lot to spend next season, we'll, be into, point, that, yeah. we'll be into that 20 million, you know, the MSD Holdings loan, which was the, you know, the buffer, of, if you like. Yeah. I can see potentially one or two going in the summer if there's, you know, there are assets in that squad. If Albion don't go up, if they've got to do a little bit of balancing, given the situation. Well, we'd, well, you, know, you look at what? you look at Mowat and Kipra. I mean, they're under contract, so and you, they're solid championship yeah, players, yeah, really. Yeah. They're not. They, they didn't pull up trees. Well, they've actually season, had contrasting loans, haven't they? And that Kipra's played, played every game, yeah. and Mowat's yeah, hardly okay. featured, has he? Yeah. Now that's now that that doesn't mean that one's good enough and one isn't. You know, Albion fans might say they don't think either is good enough, which is which is fair enough. But they could be smartly used, couldn't they? As they're already existing players, as you say. Now I could see a world where Cardiff want to get Kipra. Yeah. Because he's he's been great for them, and you know you could equally say you'd see a world where Kipper would want to go there. Um, so perhaps Albion could be smart there. But you know, Mowat's an excellent point actually, mate. And and Corbran might see him as a player as you know a sort of midfielder he's he's into and he yeah. likes like we a lot of sort of open unanswered questions aren't there? Look, we saw Chalaber coming in on eighteen months, which means he's under contract next season, and we haven't seen too much at all from him so far, have we? I mean, injured last night and un, un, unavailable, so. You know who knows there. There's 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 so many points. I mean, Gardner Hickman. You'd almost yeah. say Chalaba's the the type of player that if Albion don't go up, they will go out in the summer because they got Chalaba. I know they sort of wrote off that last little bit of his contract at Fulham, um, but players exactly that free yeah, free yeah. agents in that type or players who who have maybe got maybe a year left a year left on their deal and the club might say, well, yeah, all right, we'll pay this X X of the yeah. wages. Um, just as well on that, Richard Downing's also asked a question. If promotion is not achieved this season and finance is even more dire next season, what players could you see the club selling to help the finances? Now that's probably a difficult question to ask, but in terms of who could, <clears throat> not who do you think they'll sell, but who could they sell in terms of assets in that squad? That, that would generate funds. Well, yeah, there, there are players there, aren't there? Look at maybe Odaroche in terms of he's played in the Premier League, you know, given the money that floats around in the Premier League these days. I could see maybe a club in the bottom half of the Premier League or lower down the Premier League. Maybe yeah, I mean, oh, you, you hasten to say a champ rival, don't you? Yeah. But, but caveat this, by the way, in saying we don't want, clearly we don't we want, want to see to, any no, of these. Exactly. Uh, and hopefully and, I'll be in the Premier League and they will win eight of the nine games in the, the final. Do you know, it, it, it remains to be to be asked. It's something I put to Ron Gawler, actually, mm. I think when, when we last had the chance. And um, I think if I can remember correctly, you know, Gawler said something along the lines of, there is a case where it has to be that they have to sell to generate it. You won't be afraid to do that. We hope it doesn't come to that. We, we hope the finances can be worked. So it's, you know, but, you know, I, I mean, Jed Wallace, he's been excellent, hasn't he? Large, largely excellent yeah. this season. You know, he would command it. Probably bottom bottom Premier League side, lower down. Yeah, or, or maybe take a punt or a, yeah, or a top. Top end champ. Yeah, I mean, clubs are going to be... what you have, and someone made this point to me the other day, I said the ground, actually, that... The clubs that you look at the clubs are probably going to come down this season. Say, for example, if you take three out of whoever's down there in the Premier League, you've got an Everton, a Southampton, and a Leeds. You know, 
certainly in Everton and Leeds, I don't really know the financial situation at Southampton, but Everton and Leeds are still going to have money, they're still going to have parachute payments. Yeah, of course. They're probably going to have to sell some of their top players. The next thing that they'll do is pick off from the clubs that are a little bit below them. I mean, there are, could you, be a target. You know, others we haven't mentioned there, Johnny, you know, Dean Garner, you know, yeah. Swift. I mean, even a DK. DK yeah, yeah, I just thought, you know, there even are, a Thomas Asante given the season that he's The had players to... under, under contract aren't, aren't there, and every player yeah. we've mentioned there would command a, a relative yeah. reasonable fee. But Don't take this for any point that we're taking out as players for other clubs. No. It's just a you know, answering your, your question there, Richard. It um, will be, it'll be interesting to. To see what does happen what? in an ideal world, which you don't live in, and the hope yeah. is that every player Albion want to keep, uh, they're, they're able to obviously. Yeah, it's um, yeah, we'll we'll talk, come to that, cross that bridge when we come to it. Final question is from Carl Burkett, friend of the pod, Carl Burkett, who was on the Baggage Broadcast fan show a couple of weeks ago. Um, what do you both think will be the points tally needed for a top six finish? Historically, it's been in the mid seventies, but this season. Any team from 7th to below mid-table could make the playoffs, which may mean 70 could get you in. Thoughts? Good point, really, that will go in Albion's favour because of the situation at the moment. You're probably going to have to be 70 or above to get in there without doubt. I was, um, very, yeah, I was very fortunate to have um, a follower online. Uh, I'll credit him. You know, right, rightly credit him, actually, John. Uh, John Want. Um, is this your stat? This is your stat, stat man. insider, secret he, stat man. He likes a stat, yeah, which is uh, always most welcome. He, he saw that we were asked this question actually, and sort of sent um, his records of what it took. You know, what, what historically recent history. Yeah, going back to turn the millennium, is it's taken teams to to finish in the top six, and it is really. I mean, without doing the maths on this and averaging it all yeah. out, it is. Low to mid if we just, 70s. If we maybe just go last five years, so 2022, 75, then 74, 70 in 2020, um, 74, 75, 80 Special in 2017. Though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 80, 74, 78, 72, 68 in 2013. Yeah. Um, there, has, there has been some, there's been some 70s, 70s and lows. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it varies, doesn't it? But if you were to average that out from 2000, I would say that's about 75. Um, like we touched on earlier, it's got to be Alvin have got to go. So, I mean, what if you go to the table quickly, Johnny? Um, sorry, where are we? So, 55 points, so you know, make that 20 off, more. Yeah. Um, with, with nine to go, I mean, perfection's 27, isn't it? Yeah. So, can 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 Alvin take 18, when you look, when 19, you look, 20 points yeah. from the 27? When you look at it like that, in terms of you put 20 points on there, I'd say 75. If you look at that, would get Albion in. Can they get 20 points from 29? Absolutely. Yeah, I think from what they've got, you know, which 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 makes it interesting, and and especially because they play rivals, yeah. because then you're taking points off them, obviously. Um, so it's so tight. So eight, eighteen or nineteen yeah. points from that side, Johnny, is what what you know. You're talking five or six wins and hopefully a couple of draws. Yeah. I mean, it's, perhaps it's not as bad as we were saying at the top, mm. but it's still a, a big ask. But it's 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 certainly achievable. It just would take a a runic into. Corvan's first two, three months, you would say. That, that's yeah. what they need to, to yeah, look yeah. at. Yeah, and there's eight points that separate, sort of 12 with, with six. Um, thank you very much for your questions, Baggies fans. Um, do get back in touch next week. We'll, we'll read out a few more. We'll have less game chat to talk about, so we'll read out more questions next week. Uh, Lewis, finally, because it's very much into the early hours now. Um, I don't know why I looked <laughs> at my wrist. I don't know why time. I looked at my wrist, because I haven't got a watch on. Um, We've got that break now, which we talked about that Albion need. And we spoke about this actually before. What Albion need now is the bounce that they got 
post World Cup. Yes, yeah. they, they won six out of seven after the World Cup in the league, and I think they disc- discarded Chesterfield in the FA Cup from that. Um, Which shows they can do it, and it's doable, and it's, and do- it's doable, and it's doable, and they, that's what they need now, isn't it? In terms of the plans. Do we know much about the plans in terms of this break? I'm sure Corbrand will probably give them a few days off. Will he now? Yeah, I mean, again, yeah, to caveat that, you know, the, the injury situation was was much better, wasn't it, after the World Cup? You know, Phillips wasn't out for the season, Dean Garner. Um, I mean, he, you bring Grant into that conversation because he's, yeah. he'd be an option out on the left, wouldn't he? So, different squad, but, you know, got to reproduce it, haven't they? Yeah, um, a bit of time off, certainly. The, the, obviously played Wednesday night, so Thursday, off, I believe Friday as well. Um, as of Monday, as far as I understand, I've got got to write this up from when I asked the head coach the other day. Um, it's two weeks, sort of business as usual, not business as usual in terms of game prep, but a lot of time to be intrinsic, a lot of time to work to talk things, yeah. Um, yeah, work on things tactically on on the training pitches uh, in the classrooms. You know, go through things that sort of you know not not been given much time off really, yeah. which I, I thought it could be a bit more actually, but you know clearly it's not going to get them running. You know, for two weeks because, as we've touched on there, they're sort of knackered. But, you know, time, I think, that can be used to sharpen and focus the minds, you know, as, as well as, you know, hopefully sharpening physically. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a really important time, isn't it, down at the club's uh, Warsaw HQ. And they need to arrive back for that Millwall game. I mean, Millwall, as it stands, looking at the table, six, aren't they? And, you know, they could be there following the weekend's game and... and that's huge, isn't it? Yeah, if if Albion start up after the break, I mean, thankfully it's at home and they can go in front of their own fans who will be happy to see the team for the first time in two weeks, two weeks plus, um, start by you know, beating a rival and, and making up some ground. The start of some momentum and really build into that final nine games and, you know, hopefully go and win six or seven of the eight games in April. It's... Much stranger things have happened. Mm. Uh, let's be let's be realistic, and you know we're not being sort of getting carried away or giddy. It's 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 still on. You know, Albion aren't twelve. You know, three or four points further back. It's it's achievable, but they've they've really got to be almost not almost perfect. They've they've got to be at it, yeah. and and they they need to stop dropping as many points away as they are clearly. Yeah. Well, you got any time off for the break? Nah, mate, just uh, working hard. Grafting. Yeah, Grafting. yeah, yeah. yeah. Same hard. as you know that. Yeah, I, I booked the international break off, so I've got that off. No doubt. Probably... How, how, how long have you got off? A week? I got about four or five days off, I think, across that international break that really? weekend. Plenty of golf, probably a bit of air frying. <laughs> um, That's your life, and, isn't uh, it? Golf, isn't it? Yeah, right. golf, air frying, probably a bit of painting as well. No, my um, annual leaks. Annual, annual leave, sorry, it's so late in the morning. It's very much stored until until um, June and June onwards. So Late in the evening, early in the morning. You said late in the morning then. You can tell you're tired. I think well, we'd it, better it, wrap it, this one up. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's definitely the wrong side of yeah, my head. It certainly is. I'm going to give it just a, a finish on a funny little anecdote. I was going to bring it up earlier in the podcast. Um, I went out to speak to supporters tonight or last night. As I always do, it was hammering down with rain. I thought I was going to be there for ages. A steward at Cardiff City is not my friend because he wouldn't let me in the concourse to interview fans. I had to stand outside in the in the driving rain. Um, but just a shout out to a couple of people I interviewed tonight. I interviewed this young young lad with his dad, um, and the young lad did it on his own. He gave some very good answers, and halfway through, I sensed that he had a really thick South Wales accent, and he hadn't actually said anything that could differentiate Albion from Cardiff. Um, 
so I had to ask him who he thought the standout player was tonight. And then he said Dar O'Shea, and I realised he was actually an Albion fan. Um, he, from, he, from, he was undercover. Yeah, I thought he was undercover. Then I had to check with him at the end of the, the interview. And then another little guy who sort of come past, saw the camera, ran back, and asked if he could be on the camera and give us some fantastic answers. I'm sure you've seen it on the on the Express and Star YouTube page on the on the, the fan reaction video we do. Sorry that the, the footage is not great because it is driving rain. But just a shout out to them two little legends for coming up and, and chatting to, well, probably feeling sorry for me, really, in the in the rain, all sodden, trying to get fans to talk to me. But I thought their answers were terrific. So uh, if you haven't seen that, go and, uh, go and have a little bit of a look. There you go, Baggies fans. Uh, no action for two and a half weeks now. Um, Carlos's men were hoping to head into the break with a win, but as it goes, there is plenty of work left to do to get in the playoffs. We'll be back next week. Um, we'll also bring you the latest Baggies broadcast fan chat show, and we bring three more Baggies guests on. If you want to be part of that, get in touch with me on social media. I'll get you on the list, and we'll get you on the show in the future, either this season or next season. Um, have a great few weeks, whatever you're filling your weekends with. If you're going to non-league games or you're being dragged out shopping with the other half, um, just enjoy it, and uh, and before you know it, the Baggies will be back. So, from the side of the M4 in Cardiff, um, from me and from Coxie. Until next time, boing boing. Boing boing.